Welcome to the Men of Action podcast. My name is Zach. I'm the host. And today I got a stellar guest. I got Anthony Gorman, who does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, who has overcome adversity at, an, at a ripe age of 57. So, Anthony, welcome to the pod. Thank you much. So I got to say, it's quite impressive that you do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because I can't imagine doing it, you know, for as long as you've, how long have you been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for? Oh, seven or eight years. Okay. I started about when I was 50. I actually started at 42, but it could only do it for a few months till bad things happened in life and I couldn't risk injury. Uh-oh. Then I had to pick it up like eight years later. And there was a big difference between 42 and 50 and what had happened then. So hmm. physical tools are not what they were. <laughs> well, hey, I'm glad that you're back into it. So what got you into doing uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu? Oh, uh, well, that's going to be a long story. I'll try to updated i grew up incredibly small i literally did not hit puberty until a sophomore in college oh wow um you know one one you know there's defining moments in someone's life one of my earliest was elementary school and they had kickball because i'm old right kickball out on the playground lined up all the kids against the fence by the dumpsters i'll pick you i'll pick you i'll pick you and i was picked last i mean they pick all the girls they pick everybody else and then they would fight to not have me on their team because oh, I was an automatic out, which, you know, I weighed literally 40 pounds. Okay. So I couldn't get the ball past the pitcher. And so I made it one of my goals in life was to be picked first. Mm-hmm. I mean, my little brain, I want to be picked first. Right. Um, I got into karate at 10 because there wasn't jujitsu at that time. And I did that from 10 to 18 in Shotokan Karate, loved it, saw everybody come and go, had great tenacity. But karate doesn't have a resisting opponent. So you never really know how good you do. And you don't get to have the fear. You know, twice I remember in that eight years, I went against the instructor's son with boxing gloves. And I remember the fear of those two times because you were actually going to hit each other. Sure. No, that's what I did. Then... Um, my sons, I have three sons, one daughter, and I got them into wrestling, which was great. Wish I would have done that. And we watched the very first UFCs, the very first ultimate fighter. My wife and I watched live. We watched the Stephen Bonner, Forrest Griffith fight live. And then when I got up to Manhattan, there was a uh, gym here. So my two sons were one of the first two that ever actually did kids jujitsu. And then when it allowed, I started up, but now I'm 50. So started jiu-jitsu at 50, been doing it for about seven years now. Awesome. What belt are you at this point? Uh, okay, that, that's a fun topic. I got my fourth stride on my, on my blue belt, did not get promoted to purple. Um, um, you know, that was a bummer, but it's probably accurate. I don't know. You know, so I'm hovering in that range. Okay, now, so, you, what do you, so what do you have to do to go from, let's say, that blue belt to that purple belt? I don't really know. <laughs> that, that's that's one of the big problems. I don't really know. I do a private. I've been doing a private every week for about over a year. He's been going, mm-hmm. yeah, black belts have been talking. I'm right on that edge. Some are in, mm-hmm. some are out. The belt really isn't that important. You know, the hard part for me is understanding at 57 in a slider build, what's expected. I mean, if you have a 27-year-old white belt and you can't beat him, should you be purple? I, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good um, question. 
there, there are a lot of specific. My top pressure is not that great. My cardio needs work. There's a lot of things at 57 that you can't do. I've done about six or seven tournaments, and oh, it's nice. always really hard because I either get grouped into a lot bigger or a lot younger or both. So there have been times where, you know, I've ordered the over 40 mm -hmm. and then they don't have enough people. So I get under and 30 up to 200 pounds. <laughs> oh my like, God. Oh, jeez. Oh, Man, yeah. You're talking, your, you're talking about your David Glass story, really going up against like a giant. Yeah, I did one tournament where there was no age and almost everybody was 20 and won a match. So, hey. Hey, I'm sure you made that. I'm sure that made your day fighting for that. Spot to win. Well, it was, it was funny because it was the opening match I lost to this guy like 12 to nothing. And then it just went on and he had like three more matches and I had to face him again. But then I beat him like 12 to nothing. But I think he was pretty tired. <laughs> so, hey, hey, but I mean, but, how you many know, matches win, you take day? it right. I mean, how matches did you have that day going against him? Yeah. So it's good. I do turn. I don't know if I'm going to do them anymore because of that, but I might because you learn so much in tournaments oh, when sure. you're going at speed. And the whole object is, you know, when I go to a tournament, I'm going to go try to break your arm. You know, we're on the mat. You know, there's sometimes I can tell if I've got a submission, I'm going to I've had to let him go because a new white belt doesn't know you let it go so that you don't end up hurting him. But in a tournament, that's not the way it is. You go, right. you you hurt them or they tap out. Most everybody knows what they're doing and they tap out. So I used to occasionally win at white belt. I rarely win at blue belt now because anyone lower has, is gone. So everybody at blue belt and above knows what they're doing. And then giving up either size or weight or both is hard. Oh, I can't imagine. So I've never really done jiu-jitsu myself. I've done different martial arts, so a lot of grappling things, so... I know it's tough when you go against a guy who's experienced and just has a lot of fluidity to the movements and strength. Yeah, I mean, it's a funny story. When I was doing karate, I I was 16, you know, and I'm tiny. I'm like maybe 80 pounds, 75. Mm -hmm. And I asked my instructor, I said, hey, I might try out for the wrestling team. And he talked me out of it. Oh, no, geez. you don't want to do that. Okay. So I didn't. Plus, I saw how much work the wrestlers had to do. So I was totally fine with not doing it. I come to later learn he was worried that they were going to make me cut weight. He didn't understand that you could have weighed me in fully clothed and wet, and I wouldn't have made 98 pounds. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so I mean, I... that hurt me. Hmm. Well, so how do your kids respond to when you got them in wrestling? How do they respond to it? You know, I... I'm of the contention that all young boys need to wrestle or jujitsu, mm -hmm. possibly boxing too, um, because there's no timeouts. There's nobody to save you. There's nobody when it's just you and you alone on the mat. And it makes you deal with things. What happened was I saw a spray painted bed sheet when my one son was like 14, another was seven, another was five. So I put him in. It just kind of on a whim because I saw the sheet and I thought this would be great for kids because they were all athletic and wanted to do things. One oh, sure. was phenomenal, one was terrible, and one was pretty good. So, but it was really good for them. 
I felt really bad for my 14 year old because he starts out new and he didn't have the fast twitch muscles and he just got pounded. The poor kid did it really well, but he didn't get up to his athleticism at that time. And these 14 year olds had done it since they were six. You know, he may have won right. one match or two for in two years. I felt bad for the kid. But he didn't quit though. Did he did he continue through high school? No. Or? No, this was just kids' club. So when he went to high school, he didn't. He didn't really he wanted football more. And he was okay. he didn't have a you need fast twitch muscles. You know, the other two did it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that was really good, unfortunately, I cursed because I really liked that he was good. Um, right. and he was small like me. So uh, yeah, I I handled him poorly in that situation. That was that was one of my parenting mistakes. I should have not put them in as much. You know, you do a tournament once a month, not every weekend. Oh, you know? wow. and yeah. once they get up to junior and high in high school, if they want to do it, great. But kids club is just way too demanding. Mm-hmm. You know, there's tons of kids. If you ever go to a kids club meet, they're terrible because all the parents are screaming. They're everybody anywhere. But high school and junior high is phenomenal. Everyone's quiet. Everybody knows what's going on. I love it. But those younger ages, to do something as hard as wrestling, you need to work, ease them into it versus really throwing them into it. But I still think every kid should do it, just maybe not as hard as what most of them do. Well, it's always good to learn how to defend yourself. And, you know, oh, yeah. martial arts is that it does help you develop more confidence. Because, again, like you said earlier, you have to face your fears. I mean, you have to face someone who's going to be more, who's going to be better than you, who's been doing this longer than you. And who might be yep. bigger than you. They may not be as good as you, but they could be that highly intimidating. Yeah. Yeah, getting on the mat's really scary. And that's one reason, you know, if you have a kid in wrestling, then you better do jujitsu and get on the mat too. Yeah. So that's what I would say. If I was a wrestling coach, any parent that wanted to be near the mat with their kid has to be, be competing themselves. Otherwise, you're up in the stands. Yeah, because knowing that fear and you can't yell at your kid, get up. They're trying. Right. You know, so when I have somebody smashing me from side control in a tournament, I know what that feels like. Yeah, no, exactly. It's something worse than you're trying to move and it doesn't look like you're moving, but you're trying to move. You just really pin down and you try and get the feet and everything. It's like, I can't do anything right now. Ah. (laughs) Oh, it kicks your ego in the gonads so hard. Yes, it does. Well, especially, especially when we get afraid, we tend to close our eyes. And we're just like, okay, just let this be over. Or as you know, you learn to tab or else it's going to get more pain. And you learn to breathe. You, yes. fa- you know, every video game makes you face a dragon before you level up, right? Yeah. Tournaments will do that. Face your dragons. Mm. You know, that was that was probably my biggest thing in youth is I avoided my dragons. The okay. pot of gold is on the other side of the dragon. You have to face the dragon. You cannot continue and progress in life if the dragon isn't slain. Whatever that is, fear of public speaking, fear of getting in the mat, fear of confronting the coworker, not having the conversation with the person, whatever that thing you're scared is, that is the direction you need to go. I 100% agree. And that I think that's what needs to be taught more is that it's good to face your fears and learning how to face your fears. So how have you taken all those lessons and begun to face your own fears? 
So how do you do rephrase the question for me? Sure. So you talk about slaying the dragon, right? Facing your fears. Right. So how have you taken those lessons from the past of when you were avoiding your fears to now facing your fears? Um, when you, the penalty of not facing it push you further downstream. You know, we all get older, we all age. Entropy is the way of this life. If you don't face your fear and conquer that dragon, the dragon grows every day that goes by. So once mm. you learn, I can't do anything until I face that dragon. And the dragon's now bigger because I procrastinated. It makes you tend to face the dragons better next time. Because the dragon gets bigger and bigger the longer you let it go. If nothing else in the mind. And then, then occasionally you get lucky and find out it's a paper dragon. But you still had to beat that fear that was in the mind. It's all yeah. mental. A lot of it is too. And a lot of times we psych ourselves out of doing something that we yep. know what we need to do. Yeah. I had this, uh, I, I use Zach Hummel, shout out to him. And he had me swimming and the pool heater was down. Oh, geez. And it was swim day and I was dreading because I despise cold water. Mm -hmm. But I got in and did it and it wasn't bad, near as bad as I had thought. But the 24 hours of dread until that time, because Zach had put me in ice baths, which oh. I despise, but I did them. Um, once you beat the dragon, you find out that the dread beforehand is far worse 99% of the times than what you face. You know, you're going to have to be in a warfare type situation for the, the dragon you're facing to be worse than the dread in your mind. Yeah, I completely agree. That's why it's so important to become mentally strong, whether through meditation, through yep. affirmations, through and just practice. You know, if you're afraid of facing something, start small. So as you were saying, you know, when it's small versus when it grows bigger and bigger and bigger, so we can develop that confidence. Right. Because a lot and of times the more you get in a habit of facing dragons, the easier it becomes. And the reverse is true. The more you don't face dragons, the bigger they get and the more they multiply. And it will push you into a corner and keep you there permanent. Yeah. But it took me a long time to learn it. <laughs> well, hey, it's like everything in the person development sphere. It's, it's the most important sentence you know, I always find it that it's like you're ready at that time to learn that lesson. Because the, there's so many lessons that we're taught, but we don't really fully understand to it until we're ready to accept the lesson. Yeah, my my hard part was I never really had a mentor. Mm -hmm. So I've had to learn this over the decades on my own. So it takes a lot longer. You should be learning this in your teens. Mm -hmm. When you grow up to when you're 18 and 20, you've gone through all the lessons. But most of us don't have that. Yeah. And so that's why these things and podcasts and what you're doing have exploded because guys need this uh, far more as girls have a different issue than, than us guys do. Yeah. Well, especially if you can find a good guy, that's a good mentor. It's not always easy <laughs> to find someone who's willing to take time, set aside their own time to teach you everything. Right. Control your temper, your anger, your frustrations. Right. And, you know, when you feel like quitting, to be that one source, like you ain't gonna stop. Oh, you're not done. You're not done till you do this. You know, it's hard. 
Yeah, and then you got to get to the point to where you can be that for yourself, to where you teach yourself not to stop. I'm still working on that one. You know yeah. that that's why well, I hey, set I'm up my. Good. You know, I go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, like, I know over myself, I'm still looking for a good mentor. So it's something that you're always yeah. going to be searching for. So what were you going to say? Yeah. Well, the reason I started this was I started jujitsu and I best for five years. I, I would say I more dabbled in it. You mm -hmm. go a couple times a week. I was not progressing much. You know, I'm older. It, every time I went was hard. I'm not joking. There was not a time I went to jujitsu that I wanted to go um, because you are older, you are smaller and the cardio is not that. I mean, that's the killer. I go into it. I got lung issues and oh. so being able to stay with it was really hard. And about a year and a half ago, I figured I'm either going to have to really up my training or just kind of give up that I'm ever going to be decent at this. And I decided, well, I'm just going to make black belt my goal and go for it. And it scares the absolute crap out of me. And I don't know if I can even do it. So I said, OK, I'll just even take a Twitter account, and pay, take it public. And so that's what I did about, you know, a year, year and a half ago. Yeah, that's a lot of bravery to put yourself just on social media to one alone to have such a high goal of making black belt, which is one of the most, as we all know, one of the most respectful, I know there's different degrees. Once you get to black belt, they can still get. Right. But to not just go through that, but now just show your own journey of progressing to black belt. Yeah. So everybody gets to see my failure. Like I didn't make purple belt, you know? Okay. You know, mm -hmm. I started blue. I gave myself to, you know, I've studied for about seven years and they say it right. takes 10 years to be a black belt. Well, I'm only three years away from that. So that's not close. So why don't I give myself 10 more years and come age 67? Can I get to be a black belt at 67 in 17 years? I don't know. You know, I don't, the amount of training it takes, I mean, in everything, cardio, strength, flexibility, staying healthy. Is mm -hmm. that possible? Because it's always possible to start at 20 and make a black belt. But can you start sure. at 50 and do it? I don't know of anyone that's done it. It's probably out there, but I don't know of it. Sure. But it's one of those things you never know unless you try. Correct. Unless you go through and face that fear, face all the mm -hmm. failures and taking time to study what are you yeah. doing wrong. And sometimes you have to ask that, you have that question. Expectations to make Purple Belt. And in your case, so that way you can fully know, so that way you can prepare. Uh, right. I know when I was talking to Matt Moore, I mean, we always talk about, you know, uh, success is when preparation meets opportunity and defining what is your own success. So for you, I mean, I don't know if you can make black belt or not, but defining what is your own success of that, is that just or, you know, committing to going X amount of times? I mean, you committed to a prior lessons. Yeah, I'm I'm now training about 10 times a week, five days a week. I train twice. Now, oh, that nice. might be swimming and weights. That might be two jujitsu times. So I work out 10 times a week. That's and incredible. That, that's quite a lot for being 57. Yeah, that's that's really good. I mean, I'm hopeful to get like four to six. That's just going like <laughs> <one> a day. 
Well, so I'm an empty nester. I own my own business. So I have some time freedom that a lot of people don't. Okay. So that helps me out a lot. Oh, sure. But still, yeah, I mean, well, you could do other things. I mean, the fact that you're still taking time to train to reach that goal you want, especially if you got three more years and average takes 10 years to get black belt. Yeah. Especially with having lung issues. I mean, those are a lot of different obstacles in your path. Then you're still working yeah. to stay and overcome it. Yeah. The the hardest one is the cardio. I mean, short story, third and fourth grade when I played football, um, when I tried to play football, I went in the hospital for pneumonia and lived in an oxygen tent for three days. And Ooh. after this, after the second time, my parents said no more training in cold weather. Um, so never played again, played all sorts of uh, pickup games and all that. And you know, my whole goal in life was to get picked first. That is what I wanted, which actually happened later on, which was nice. Oh. Um, but I'm still fighting and battling the demon of being small. Right. In my mind, in my heart, I've never gotten over that. Even though I finally grew and got relatively decent size, I don't feel that way. And some some battles are probably, you know, that you just live with and you just fight them every day. Sometimes you can conquer them and they're not a problem anymore. And some you just live with and you fight them every day. Yeah. And well, 100%. And to understand, too, the older we get, too, the more we realize that there are a lot of people who have a lot of different securities. Some you just mm -hmm. can't see because a lot of times it's internal and their own frustrations. Like some people, um, I know there's a few case in points. I know someone who was making, let's say, 10 million a year feels like they're on top of the world doing well and one guy asked him who's let's say making 50 million so five times more he's like are you okay like are you okay like do you have enough to live on it's like and that kind of opened the guy's mind of oh uh -huh. gosh, how much is it really potential especially when we start to remove those self-limiting beliefs on ourselves to know that yep. we're all struggling we're all fighting something and the question becomes are you fighting for what you want and taking action or you're allowing fear just to come in your life and be paralyzed by it and taking it in action because it's safer. It's more comfortable to know that I've always been this way. I remember they're watching a motivational thing. I can't remember her name, but she goes, you know, when she's talking about, like, I've always been this way. When she hears that, it's like, well, is that working for you? And the obvious answer is, and it's rhetorical, no. Then you know what you can do about it and you can go after it and do it. Like, because she had to realize that. She was held back by a lot of self-limiting beliefs and she had to overcome a lot of stuff. And to become the person she is today, she had died to the person she was. She had to let go of all that pain and all that thing that's happened to her. Use it as lessons to help the next person. So. Well, I figured out, you know, 57 now raising three boys, men, males and females don't understand this. We are born as one big lump of iron ore. We have the potential to be steel. It was given to us, but it takes the refining fire, which is struggle and difficulty and doing hard things. And if you will do those, that fire will refine you into steel. And then you've got to let it refine you even more to fashion you into a weapon, a support, whatever steel is used for. And if you avoid the hard things in the fire, you just stay a lump of iron ore. 
And that's what you've got to avoid. You have to become as a male. And I unfortunately took my question of, gosh, am, am I steel to, to the woman, to girls? And they said, no, rightfully so, unfortunately. And I never figured out for the longest time how to develop myself, which is go into the fire, do hard stuff, suffer, be miserable. I mean, and that, you know, as, as they say, you know, if you'll do hard things, life will give you ease and pleasure. If you do pleasure, life will give you hard things. You don't, you only get to choose which one of those two you go down. Learned along the way of what really, you know, men come into the world asking this one question of, do I got what it takes? The answer is yes, but the problem is you're iron ore. You've not been refined into steel. And then mm -hmm. the steel made into something productive. You've got two right. big jumps you have to do. And, you know, the ladies, they have this wonderful way of knowing if you've become steel and then if that steel's mm -hmm. become something useful. And they don't want to pick you till then. And I don't blame them. You know, the wonderful sure. thing is you only have to become good at one thing. You don't have to be the top 20% of men. You have to be the top 20% of something. So every right. guy can be the 20% of something. Just figure that out what it is for you. And the only way to do it is through work and effort, which I avoided for so long. I just lived in Neverland till I was 27. It was the biggest mistake of my life. So what was the wake-up call then at 27? I had my second baby, had my had a son, then I had my daughter. And okay. when I had my daughter and I went, oh, crap, I'm married with two kids. I can't live in Neverland anymore. Okay. And I had ceded the pants in the family to my wife. So I'm 27. I leave Neverland. I go, where is everybody? Well, I've mm -hmm. gone so far down. I didn't know every day that you stayed in Neverland, you're going backwards. So I had right. so long to go and so many rabbit trails to go up and down to learn the lessons that would have been easier had I done that as, you know, in my youth, but I didn't, you know, in the teens when you should. Mm -hmm. And now it just made it a lot harder. And so I've spent 30 years going up and down rabbit trails. The advantage is, is I've learned the lessons really well because they've been Good. really painful. Yeah. So you know, life not leaving Neverland. <laughs> Well, hey, I guess you took that ship and you decided to set sail and leave. Yep, I did. Long time. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's somehow, you know, if you're a kid, you don't have work and responsibilities. All you get, all you do is play and you avoid the hard things. The warfare you get is with plastic and wood swords, and it's fun and pretend, and you always win. But in real life, it's much harder. And you know, the minute you leave Neverland, you can never go back. And that's what mm. kept me there for so long is because I knew once you step out, you don't ever get to go back. So you truly get safety net in that case. Correct. Mm. But, wow. you know... I mean, my poor wife, no woman should take you if you're still in Neverland. But, you know, she she rolled a bet on me that turned out well. But, you know, it was pretty rough at some certain points, too. My mistake. Because I wasn't developed. Sure. 
Well, especially if you never really had a mentor, you never had a guide. Obviously, we didn't have you didn't have social media that you right. could find other like-minded people who are also lost and also want to improve. I mean, it was a completely different time. I mean, unless right. you were going to or what have you going to conferences yeah none of that existed then the thankful thing is really video games just started coming out because if i lived now with the kid i would have been 24 hours a day playing video games wasting my life yeah you know unfortunately so you hear about that really today. fortunately you hear about that so much say that a lot of guys would just go it's equivalent of like I used to do, go home, stand on the couch and watch sports. Now it's go home, stand on the couch and play video games. Yep. So I remember in because video games came right out when I was, you know, 13, 14 years old. I literally did not eat lunch to save my 50 cents to go to the Pizza Hut to play the quarter Donkey Kongs. So I can't imagine how addicted I would have been to video games because you get to try to level up all the adventure and stuff you get to do on a screen, but it doesn't really challenge who you are. You don't pain and pain and suffering your character goes through. His health goes from 100% to two. Well, what if your health goes 100% to two physically? Right. So video games are a massive trap. It's easier because you have so much control in a video game. You have control of what you want to level up. Want to level up. Who, what kind of character do you want to be? Do you want to be a, a you know, a wizard, a soldier, an archer, a true? I mean, you have so much control into what you have in this world of imagination. I know, uh, just if you go to YouTube and go to the short uh, shorts, you see a lot of Harry Potter stuff. So obviously, with that, there's like a new Harry Potter guess, game came out, so you could choose what house you want to be in, what spells you want to learn. Uh, obviously, with things becoming more open world now, um, just I know a lot of people play video games and they would tell me how open world things are becoming. And so now you're not restricted to this kind of small area. Now you can go outside of it. So you can go outside this morning and go on all these side quests. So it becomes more captivating. And that's what they want, right? They want to spend hours and hours in front of a screen versus uh -huh. going out and having your own adventure. Right. So. Yeah. Real life is much more entertaining once you believe it, because usually I mean, the hardest part for me at first is the mountain is really steep and hard on the first level. Right. It's doing everything it can to keep you off. So the first level of the mountain is really difficult. But once you crest it, it's like a bike and you can at least be on flat ground or going down. But you've right. got to go through the struggle of the first level of mountain. And there's just something beautiful when you when we go back to that nature, when we go back to where we kind of we used to nature and just we're not bombarded with all those dopamine high hits of computers, phones and everything. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I took, you know, last year I decided I talked to my son. I thought, you know, I need to actually go shoot a deer. I, I've hunted a little. I fished a ton. So I've got my first deer last year. It is cool. way different pulling a trigger on a deer than, say, a pheasant. Because I've killed pheasants and rabbits. But when you kill Bambi, it's a little bit different. There's an adventure. Go do, you can go hunt. You can go fish. You can go build a shelter. Do stuff outside is really helpful. I like 
So what would you tell someone today of how they can become a man of action today? What, as we finish up today, what would you leave someone off today? You do have what it takes. The question is, you have to do work. I mean, didn't get into this. I was raised in an atheist home, became a Christian when I was 17. Mm, okay. Okay. The Bible was really clear to Adam. When he screwed up, the punishment was stuff isn't going to be handed to you now. You have to work for it. Very true. You know, so you've got to look. It's it's the thousand little things a day to, that you do. Did you get up on time or did you sleep in? Mm. Did you drink a six pack or did you drink water? Did you say right. something nice to the cashier or did you just scowl and leave? There's a million of those things every day and none of them seem to matter and add up, but they all do. So you take all those daily things, you have to do the work there. Then you have to look at what are your biggest dragons? Now you know the direction. Okay, is your biggest dragon? I smoke a you know, a pack of cigarettes a day. That's your dragon. Right. We gotta we gotta assault that. Okay, for me it was I've got to leave Neverland. I'm not trying at all. So what mm -hmm. do you got to do? Whatever it is that scares you and you make a list of, then take one of those and do the work. You know, pain, suffering, difficulty, hardship. That is our lot down here. But it can make for a wonderful life. The harder things I do, the more difficult my life is now and the easier it is tomorrow. Okay, nice. Yeah, I completely agree. So do the work now. Life is better tomorrow. Now, tomorrow may be still difficult, but it's better. Right. And you know if you're doing what it takes. You, you really do. And also, everyone has a hard story. If you get to talk to everyone, they're going to have a story of stuff that went against you. Do not have a victim mentality. You're not unique. You're not special. Your particular thing may be, maybe you were abused, abandoned. I don't care what happened to you. You know, mine was, I didn't hit puberty till I was a sophomore in college. Right. I mean, I'm 92 pounds going into college. Oh. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? I had people wondering if I, you know, when I was driving, I had somebody ask me if I was looking forward to leaving elementary school. Oh. That sucks. <laughs> Everybody's got something in life that sucks. I learned to drive on a Toyota Corolla with, well, phone books back then that were that big, seat all the way up with a phone book because my feet couldn't reach the pedals. Wow. That's how I learned to drive. Everybody's got something hard. Right. Good. It'll just make you better. That's yeah. what I would say. Definitely make for a better story of someone overcoming the difficulties in life. Know, finding out ways to how you can improve and right. understand that your past may have been difficult, but don't allow that to define you. Use that to inspire you to become more than what you currently are. So that way you can become a man of action. Anthony, thank you so much for coming to the pod. I appreciate your time. Sure. And just keep working hard. And I hope you to hope to hear one day that you get the black belt. Uh, just keep watching me and you'll see. I'll post whenever things happen, both good and bad. And all your stuff will be in the description below. Hope everyone has a blessed day. Check you guys later. Bye.